Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season three of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, April 30th, the year of our Lord, 2023. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study. Anoint us with strength and self-care today and always. Bless us with patience and wisdom. Encourage us to choose your way and to behave well. Lord, lift us up for your blessing today. Will you bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is met against this ministry or these your people? Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be ye glorified. In Jesus' name, I ask all of these things and give you thanks for answered prayer. Count it as done by faith and in accordance with your word. Amen. Ladies, we all have a need to trust others. Being able to trust others relieves us of fear, suspicion, and worry. Trust alleviates depression and makes it possible for us to consistently invest ourselves, our interests, and enjoyment in one another. There is no community or civilization that experiences good health or mental wellness without trust. Indeed, our interpersonal, commercial, medical, and or legal interactions would not be possible without trust. If you have ever been betrayed by someone you loved and or trusted, the betrayal may have left you feeling heartsick. As you come to realize the totality of the betrayal, it would not be unusual to feel emotionally paralyzed and unable to even begin to think about your next step. Distrust causes anxiety and resentment and no loneliness is lonelier than distrust. Intimate betrayal, whether abuse, infidelity, deceit, financial manipulation, etc., fractures our ability to trust anyone who gets close to us, including friends, family, and children. Yet our need to trust persists, creating in us the internal turmoil of wanting to trust while being terrified of it. Our need to trust and our conflicting internal turmoil keeps us in a state of hypervigilance and eliminates our close connections with each other. Further, this internal turmoil causes us to question how to move forward and rebuild the relationship or whether we even want to rebuild the relationship. Healing from betrayal is difficult because it affects the emotional, spiritual, and physical dimensions of our lives. So how do we rebuild our relationship when someone close to, uh, how do you rebuild your relationship when someone close to you betrays your trust? And how do you heal 
from the betrayal. Join me in a leap of faith of trusting God and his word to transform our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our spirit as we take an exciting journey of self-care because self-care equals self-love. To that end, today's episode is titled Move Beyond Betrayal. Ladies, in the Bible, betrayal can be a difficult and awkward subject. For example, at the very moment of his crucifixion, despite his great agony, this was Jesus's prayer and cry to the Father. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus probably prayed in this manner for his enemies throughout his ministry. And in so doing, he fulfilled his command to us in his sermon on the mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. While on the cross, Jesus was doing what he told us to do when he said those great words. However, the question is how broadly did that prayer apply? I think we need to understand that this prayer did not apply to every sin of every person. I do not believe that Jesus was pronouncing a general forgiveness for every person who had ever sinned against him. I believe that what Jesus was saying was, Lord, these people who are doing the work of executing me right now do not know what they are doing. Please be compassionate with them. Now, I'm going to get probably get into trouble with some of you who believe that Jesus wrote a blank check and forgave everybody for everything when I say that I do not believe that Judas Iscariot was included in the prayer that Jesus uttered on the cross. I do not believe that Judas Iscariot, the traitor, was forgiven because in John chapter 17, verse 12 says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. In this passage of scripture, Jesus named Judas Iscariot, who was his betrayer, as the son of perdition. And the Bible says, in the Bible, perdition means to do away with, destroy, lose, throw away, squander, or spiritually, it means the condition of damnation, spiritual ruin, state of souls in hell. So when Jesus called Judas Iscariot the son of perdition, he meant that Judas was a man who would be completely and absolutely sent to destruction. By the way, that same phrase, son of perdition, which communicates condemnation and damnation, is also used of the person that we commonly call the Antichrist. And you can read about that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. The contrast, or in contrast, Jesus' other apostles betrayed him multiple times during his lifetime. 
but he always forgave them. The words that Jesus spoke on the cross tells us that betrayal is never an excuse for violence or hatred, but rather it should be an opportunity for learning and for growth. So do you see how betrayal can be a difficult and awkward subject in the Bible? In his sermon on the mountain, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus commands us to love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. While on the cross, Jesus was doing what he told us to do when he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And that prayer is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Forgiving someone who has betrayed your trust can be easier said than done. But when considering whether or not you should forgive someone who has betrayed you, think about what you would want if the tables were turned and you were the betrayer of someone close to you. Would you want them to forgive you? Or would it be better for them to hold on to their anger, continue to feel aggrieved about your betrayal and resent you for it? The Bible is replete with examples of betrayal. And by way of example, David betrayed Uriah by sleeping with his wife Bathsheba. And then he murdered Uriah in order to cover up his betrayal. And you can read about that in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. And following his betrayal, we read in the Bible that about the disintegration of David's family. David's son, Amnon, devised a scheme with his evil friend, Jonadab, to get Amnon along with his virgin half-sister, Tamar, who loved and trusted him. Most girls adore their brothers. I know I adore mine and believe that there are none better in all the earth. Amnon betrayed his sister Tamar's love and trust when he wrestled her into his bed and brutally raped her. And you can read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 13. Then Absalom, Tamar's brother, took matters into his own hands. He tricked his half-brother Amnon into trusting him and then avenge his sister Tamara by killing his own half-brother, which resulted in Absalom's estrangement from his family. You can read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 23 through 34. And then after being estranged from his family for many years, Absalom, when reunited with his father David, betrayed his father's trust by seeking to usurp his father's throne which resulted in Absalom's death. You can read about that in 2 Samuel chapters 15 and 16. And then how about Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 uh, 12 apostles, whose name, by the way, means Jew. He betrayed his master, Jesus Christ, for money, a lousy 30 pieces of silver. You can read about that in Matthew chapter 24, verses 14 through 16. Afterwards, Judas was filled with remorse. This is Judas Iscariot was filled with uh, remorse, but not repentance. And he committed suicide. The Bible says he went and hanged himself. And you can read about that in Matthew chapter 27, verses five through eight. Then there was Peter, the apostle who felt 
incredible guilt after he betrayed Jesus three times and also rebuked Jesus at his trial when he could have delivered him from prison. When Peter remembered the words of Jesus that before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. In Luke chapter 22, verses 24 through 34, the Bible says, Peter went out and wept bitterly. This weeping was the beginning of Peter's repentance. As a result of Peter's denial of Jesus, he who was sinless was condemned to a criminal's death on the cross instead of the murderer. Barabbas. You can read about that in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. I think these biblical stories of betrayal, regardless of the circumstances that led to the incident of betrayal, teach us that we believe that we can trust people who we believe have our best interests at heart. When we learn that we cannot and should not have trusted someone who has betrayed us, it affects the emotional, spiritual, and physical dimensions of our life. And because it involves trust, it is not unusual for us to then recall other times when our trust was betrayed and then relive those um, circumstances. Sometimes uh, when betrayal occurs, the person betrayed, will blame themselves for getting involved in a situation or connecting with the betrayer. I know that feeling real well. And say to themselves, I knew I should not have gotten involved with him or her. Or something in the back of my mind told me not to trust him or her. But I did it anyway. Then we feel regret and remorse for having used poor judgment or for going against our own instincts. And sometimes we experience the betrayal um, of others because we blindly put our faith in someone who has not proven or demonstrated to us that they are trustworthy. We do this because of our unwillingness to experience feelings of anxiety, resentment, and loneliness that accompanies feelings of distrust. In order to recover from this, we have to be able to forgive ourselves for having exercised poor judgment. Ladies, please do not be too hard on yourself for being a trusting person. Cut yourself some slack. Also, know that whenever a betrayal happens, what remains is an opportunity for deep personal growth. God is able to transform our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our spirits, and heal our brokenness. But in order for this transformation to begin, we must be willing to open ourselves up to the possibility that there is a lesson to be learned. We must drop our defense mechanisms of blame and guilt because as long as we are pointing the finger at the betrayer or ourselves, we impede our ability to learn from our mistakes. The lesson we learn might be to trust our gut instincts and not override our first impressions. Or the lesson might be that there are kind people in the world who support us when we feel we have lost everything. These are good lessons to learn. 
Betrayal causes us to feel like our world is falling apart. However, healing through Jesus Christ is possible and building healthy emotional skills will help us plan our next steps. I want to focus on Peter and Judas Iscariot, who both struggle with the sin of betrayal, one because of pride and the other because of greed. They both sat at Jesus's feet, witnessing the miracles he performed and learning about the kingdom of heaven. On the night of Passover, both chose to betray Jesus. Judas Iscariot handed the rabbi over to the religious leaders for financial gain. Peter denied his affiliation with the man he called Lord. The difference between these two is that one saw Jesus Christ as his savior, while the other failed to see who his savior was and died without hope, faith or hope or a chance at redemption. Both re betrayed their Lord, but only one repented. So if someone betrays your trust and expresses sincere regret or remorse about their betrayal, should you forgive them? Of course you should. From the life of Judas Iscariot, we understand that it is not enough to see Jesus as a wise man who had nice ideas about loving your neighbor and doing the right thing. Jesus made bold claims about himself, ones that were supported before the crucifixion with miracles of healing, feeding the hungry and resurrecting the dead. Judas saw all of these firsthand, but he did not call Jesus Lord. Today, the written record of the Bible testifies not only to the miracles Jesus performed, but also to his resurrection. While Judas Iscariot appeared to be the same as the other apostles, unfortunately, on the inside, he did not put his faith in Jesus Christ. And Judas Iscariot's lack of faith in Jesus Christ uh, is what led to his downfall. Peter put his faith in the Lord. And even though in the beginning he struggled with outward sin, and did not always grasp Jesus's teaching. But Peter did understand what the Holy Spirit revealed to him, and he followed his Lord, even after Peter betrayed Jesus and rebuked him at his trial. He came back. He repented, and he did better moving forward than he had in the past. Peter is a great example for Christians who have betrayed a friend or a loved one to follow today. Sin and mistakes will happen, but God is ready to forgive and we should be ready to forgive those who hurt and betray us as well when they sincerely regret their betrayal and are remorseful. Two men, two betrayals, Two different outcomes with one lesson. Jesus is Lord and stands ready to forgive us if we will come to him in faith and earnest repentance. And he teaches us to do the same. Each gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John has a record of the last supper, which gives insight into the atmosphere and the mindset of the apostles. 
And Matthew's account, it states that after Jesus said someone would betray him, and they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, is it I, Lord? That's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 22. Mark 14 and Luke 22 affirmed the sorrow and confusion at the table. John records his question to Jesus in his gospel account, which says, so that that disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Lord, who is it? That's in John chapter 13, verse 25. They were worried one of them had it in them to betray their Lord. When the gospel records, uh, uh, excuse me, the gospel's record of, yeah, when, the, excuse me, when the gospel records Judas Iscariot's questioning, there is an important distinction. Judas Iscariot, who would betray him, answered, is it I, Rabbi, he said to him, you have said so. He said to him, this is Jesus saying, you have said so in Matthew chapter 26, verse 25. When John and the other apostles, including Simon Peter, were faced with the possibility of betraying Jesus, they called him Lord. Judas called him Rabbi. The title Rabbi was definitely a title of honor, of distinction, and an acknowledgement of Jesus's knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures. But it did not acknowledge Jesus's deity, power, and proper place as the Son of God. Further, the title rabbi did not acknowledge that Jesus was the Messiah. To Jesus, Judas Iscariot, Jesus was just a man. Even when Judas Iscariot recounted his betrayal and went back to the religious leaders, he said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood in Matthew chapter 27, verse three. So he felt guilty that he betrayed someone who did not commit a crime. Who, hit, who was condemned rather than the murderer Barabbas but he did not acknowledge that he betrayed the Messiah. Peter, by contrast, knew who Jesus was and his confession from Matthew chapter 16, he called Jesus the Christ because he knew that Jesus was the son of the living God. The Holy Spirit affirmed who Jesus was to Peter. You can read about that in Peter chapter 16, verse 16, as well as the other apostles. And although Judas Iscariot bore witness to the same wonders and learned the same lessons from Jesus as the other apostles and disciples, he, unlike Peter, did not put his faith in Jesus. This difference in belief about who Jesus was is the crucial difference between Judas Iscariot and Peter. Peter did put his faith in his Lord. Though on the outset, he appeared to struggle with outward sin. And Jesus asserted that Peter did not under, always understand his teaching. Yet, Peter understood what the Holy Spirit revealed to him and followed his Lord, even after he betrayed Jesus by denying him and not standing up for him at his trial. He came back, repented, and did better 
moving forward. This example is one for Christians to follow today. Answer the call from God to follow him and then go to him during the good times and the hard times. Sin and mistakes will happen, but God is ready to forgive. Ladies, here we have two men, two betrayals, two different outcomes and one lesson. Jesus is Lord and stands ready to forgive us if we will come to him in faith and earnest repentance. Likewise, if someone betrays your trust and expresses sincere regret or remorse about their betrayal of your trust and love, you should forgive them. The Bible teaches that if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness frees us from emotional bitterness, physical pain, and the captivity of heavy grudges. Ladies, we are called to forgiveness. And when we forgive the yoke of spiritual bondage that keeps us from being fully submitted to the lordship and power of Jesus in any area of our life is broken. And we can walk away from the heavy load and move forward with joy, lightheartedness, and love. With this freedom, from the yoke of spiritual bondage, we move beyond betrayal and began to rebuild our relationship with the person or people who have betrayed our trust. And we heal from the betrayal, fully enjoying the gift of life as God intended for us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, by the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y, you may donate to Broken Vessels, hyphen, Mended and Whole, or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637 in Los Angeles, California. Please join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you and all those you hold near and dear. Amen.